welcome to the Adelan Rising podcast. We're your hosts, Saren, Lynn, and Adam. In today's episode, we will be discussing Magnificent Ms. Marvel number 14, Captain Marvel number 21, Empire, Fantastic Four Fallout, and Empire Aftermath Avengers. How is everyone today? I'm good. How are you? I'm all right. Better than last weekend. Sorry I wasn't here. Um, do we have any news for the week? Let's see. I got the Avengers game. Yay! How is it? Just had to take a break from playing it to do this podcast. So let, let's 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 go. Uh, <laughs> uh, Ms. Marvel and Mr. Khan are both very well written. They're very much like their comic book counterparts. It is. I think it's a lot of fun. How are you enjoying Hulk grabbing the enemies? Hulk is and... my favorite. Hulk and Ms. Marvel are my favorites because I think I just like hitting things. Uh, <laughs> and Hulk's ability to pick up a bad guy and hit other bad guys with him is fantastic. It is just as satisfying as I thought it would be. So is it is it worth the money then? I think it is. That's good. Are you, That's you're good. playing it on PlayStation, right? Yeah. Okay. Because I, I haven't heard about how it is on PC because that's how I would play it if I got it. I think I'm, I'm going to wait for Carol to make an appearance before I get the game, but I probably will eventually get it. Yeah, I think for me, I'm just kind of, uh, it's just a £50 price tag for me. I'm just kind of like, uh, can I can I justify it? Probably not at the moment, but I, I will get it in the future. Yeah, I think it's just a matter of time before I do. Um, but that's that's good to know. So you have, have you unlocked Spidey yet? No, I don't, I don't think he's available yet. No, he's oh. not available until next year. Yeah. Ah, uh, okay. I didn't know how that was working. I knew he was coming. I just didn't know how it was working out. Now, one of my, my friend's daughter talked him into buying it for her, which was cute because Ms. Marvel is in it. Ms. Marvel is in it, and she sounds exactly like she thought she should. <laughs> that means you did a really good job there. Yeah. I think um, I think I went to that panel at um, NYCC where they had the um, actress for Ms. Marvel, and she did the voice, and I think she actually did like some of the um, action too. It was really interesting to listen to, and she she was very excited to actually have gotten the the part for the game. Um, they had some um, playtesting available then, but you had to have like win a lottery to be able to play, and I clearly did not win the lottery. That's really neat. I'm glad it's finally out, and it's, people seem to love it. So hopefully, uh, this game's got a nice long life ahead of it. Yep. Yeah, hopefully it gets a few DLCs in the future, which would be nice. Yes, I'm sure sure it will. That's awesome. Is it backwards compatible with the new PlayStation coming out? Do we know? I, I I don't know, but as far as I was aware, PS5 is backwards compatible to PS4. That's cool. So, All right. So in terms of comic books, Ms. Marvel's back. Yay! Yay! <laughs> God, that was... When was the last issue of Ms. Marvel we had? Uh, Before March, COVID, February? yeah. Yeah. I think it might have been been February, the end of February, right? Wow. Yeah, because it was all it was all meant to tie into Outlawed, which is kind of which got its one shot back in March, sort of mid March, just before COVID shut everything down. So this is kind I'm of the first. Just now getting back to that storyline. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> I'm so glad it's back. I've missed Kamala. Yeah, I have too. But uh, Lynn, do you want to take away the the review of it? All right, Magnificent Ms. Marvel, number 14, written by the Eisner Award-winning Saladin Ahmed. Artist is Minkyu Young, color by Ian Herring. The letterer is Joe Caramagna. Graphic designer is Carlos Lau. 
same Carlos Lau from Empire. Assistant editor, Martin Biro. Editor, Alana Smith. And the consulting editor is Sana Amanat. She's back. In the aftermath of Outlaw Number 1, Ms. Marvel is critically injured and fighting for her life in the hospital while her loved ones look on helplessly. While tempers flare and the champions are blamed for what's happened, Kamala has a series of hallucinations fueled by guilt and self-doubt. She eventually finds the strength she needs to pull herself out of it in the love of her family and friends and sets out to fight the enactment of Kamala's Law. I like this one. I felt it was kind of a filler issue, but it's getting us ramped up to Outlawed and reminding us of where we left off after everything's shut down. It's like it couldn't have been timed better for this being the one you know, to start back up with. Yeah, I mean, it, it's it's definitely filler, but it's it's good filler, um, and it's like you said, it's good to get us back updated and and up to kind of where we where we last saw them, especially considering I kind of read Outlawed as well as this at the same time, um, purely because I missed Outlawed the first time round. I feel it was really good at conveying how, how Ms. Marvel is doing kind of mentally, and I, I really want to see how far and where it goes. And I think Saladin did a really good job of capturing the dynamics of the Khan family and showing how all the different ways her friends are affected. Some are just worried. Some are mad at the champions. It wasn't just one yeah. reaction from each of them. It was like very yeah. different, very like character specific. Like her brother mm-hmm. was very angry and the rest of them were, you know, they, they're all, I, mm-hmm. I, I do like how Saladin writes characters, just all of them. Um, and he gives them a very specific personality. And uh, yeah. And in a book that had quite a few different characters, it was really well done. And I think Minky Young did a great job with the trippy hallucinations and Ms. Marvel throughout the ages from like little toddler Ms. Marvel yeah. all the way up to now. The little toddler Ms. Marvel was great. <laughs> She's so cute. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, you know, I always, Ian Hearing's color work on this, I always think it was kind of sepia toned. Yeah. So the hallucination scenes, I felt were like a little more brightly colored than the rest of the comic which you know makes sense to set them apart yeah i kind of thought that as well but then i guess like you know if you're high on morphine then your vision does go a bit funny or gas in there or whatever you know and it it, you know it's it's, it just makes your vision very yeah a bit crazy uh for anybody that's had morphine obviously you'll you'll know what i'm talking about but it's good shit I I wouldn't know from experience, so I'll take your word for it. (laughs) Yeah, it it basically my my vivid like the vivid memory I have of having morphine is literally your your vision just goes everything's very bright and everything's very colorful and that's pretty much the only memory I have from it. It's um, it's very odd. It's very strange. Um, I I also had gas now, which did the same thing. Oh, see, (laughs) gas just makes everything fuzzy for me. Um, so <laughs> I just remember my dad being wheeled off to surgery, flashing everybody the peace sign. That was me. Like, <laughs> like I was like giving people thumbs up and the, and the dentist was like, okay, we're turning that down now. <laughs> and it was really fuzzy. Um, I will say this, and I've noticed this as well with, um, Captain Marvel, um, having a consistent colorist on the book, like the artists change. But I feel like when you have a consistent colorist like Ian Herring or Tamara Bonvillain, it really helps maintain consistency, I think. 
And um, I think that only just shows how important a colorist is. I think you're right, though, the colorist, because, I mean, I have been catching up on Captain Marvel and the colorist does make all the difference. And it's 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 more than just the colorist. I think it's the palette as well. And, you know, there's some comic books I've read where the palette is just all over the place. Um, it's still good artwork, but, you know, it's some things are very bright on very like dingy backgrounds and it kind of doesn't work so well. And Ms. Marvel and Captain Marvel are really good examples of palettes being used well. Well, it's like Ms. Marvel and when we had Moon Girl, you could open it up and just from the color palette, you knew which comic you were reading. Yes, exactly. Yeah. And 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 the Moon Girl and Tamara Bond villain was on Moon Girl, too. And it's like and, and you, you know, we had an artist change in Moon Girl as well, but it was barely a blip because we still had the same colorist. Does that do you, you know what I'm saying? Like it was like, yep. oh, I didn't realize that was a different artist because the colorist is the same and it helps kind of not that the anchor and, and penciler isn't important. And it is, but having that artist stay the same when you're changing pencilers makes the transition easier in my opinion. So how does everybody feel about Kamala's law? Uh, (laughs) It depends. It depends on the context. If you mean in the context of the Marvel universe or if it was like in reality, in reality, I'd agree. In the context of the Marvel Universe, I kind of feel like it is, uh, you know, deja vu all the way back to 2006 um, or 2007, <laughs> whenever Civil War came out. What did what did Steve Ewing say about Outlaw that it was it was there was still something a little bit different than it was different than Civil War Two? She said it at C2E2, and it's been so long I can't remember. I can't remember either. It's definitely different to Civil War Two. I mean, Civil War Two well, in Civil itself War, was rather. Um, I mean, the original one. I mean, I mean, Civil War was very much registering all of the superheroes versus this one, obviously, just being the preteen or pre-adulthood uh, superheroes. And it's also not just registering them. It's they're not allowed. That That's true. Yeah. And also, I, I feel like it is. It's it's like they're it's like they want to protect the kids. But what they're failing to realize is that these kids already when when they have these powers, it's like the whole great power, great responsibility thing that they have these powers and now they can't use a part of themselves. Yeah, I I, th- I feel like the the whole Kamala's law thing is going to be a guise for something else, because, you know, in the outlawed issue, you had the the people from the, the cradle in, enforcement, whatever you want to call uh, it. What, what a condescending yeah. name yeah <laughs> but the you had the guys from cradle like you know beating on the door of uh being on the door of moon girl being on the door of uh einhart and mit or wherever she was um was it chicago is it chicago is it mit she's in chicago yeah. in chicago. she's chicago based and uh and you know you see them all going in they're trying to get these these different heroes and that and it's kind of well hang on a minute what are you actually going to do with them are you just rounding them up and taking them to the raft or something i mean if you're saying they're literally not allowed that's not right because you're literally imprisoning someone for being themselves right um and we we could go all the way on this one we could make the you know we could make the comparisons to modern day but which i feel is what we're going is what e-viewing is going for but uh it's just yeah i I don't like it at all what do you think lynn In the real world, I'm the stodgy grown-up that says, absolutely not, you are far too young to be a superhero. Yep. Because it's for your own good. So, 
We'll see where it goes, and we will see where it goes next in Champions number one and Magnificent Ms. Marvel 15, which come out on October 7th. Can I tell you how excited I am the Champions are getting back together? Just like... <laughs> Uh, I, I'm excited that, that Eve Ewing book. is writing it. Right? Like, yep. if this does not get an ongoing out of this, like, I will be so upset because I love this team and I love that Eve Ewing is writing it because she's a fantastic writer and she needs more comic books at Marvel. Yeah, and she she was she was a great laugh at uh, C2E2 as well. Like, that was a great really, panel. Really enjoyable to listen to. Um, <laughs> you know, uh, yeah, I can't wait for it. And if you want the rest of the Outlawed storyline... Miles Morales, Spider-Man 17 and 18, which are out now. Oh, crap. I didn't read those. Thank you for the reminder. Also by Eisner Award winning Saladin Ahmed. Eisner Award winning. (laughs) We have to get that in. My question is, and this is pertaining to Miss Marvel, is that Saladin Ahmed is writing both Miss Marvel and Miles. So do you think we'll ever get a crossover between his two series because that would be cool is is that been suggested i i vaguely remember a tweet from saladin himself talking about um really you know, I missed that w- w- well i i think I, I i might be completely wrong i think it was um something to do with the fact that um in this miss marvel issue it was the first time they'd appeared in his books together so he'd yeah. obviously been writing them separately but this is the first time he'd written them in the same book so I'm kind of thinking that this won't be the last time we see them together. I um, hope not. They're, they're friends and they're already on a team together. So yeah. I'm sure they'll yeah. show up eventually. Yes. So do you recommend this? Of course we do. It's Ms. Marvel. <laughs> it's Ms. Marvel. It's in humans. It's great. So I gave this one a four out of five lock jaws. Excellent. Well deserved. Uh, yep. it's, again, it's one of those ones great to get back into comic books with. Um, yes i'm so glad it's back i've missed it yeah let's move on to captain marvel issue 21 all righty uh captain marvel number 21 writer kelly thompson artist Corey smith inks by adriano di benedetto colors are tamra bonvillain lettering clayton cowles uh the cover is jorge molina variant covers by chris bacallo tim townsend jenny frizen guhiro and zeb wells uh, we have an editor of Sarah Brunstad and senior editor Will Moss. This is the final issue of the accused arc. L'Oreal has rushed in to save Lieutenant Trouble, aka Kit, but is quickly over- overwhelmed by the Kotati. Carol and her accusers arrive in time to help, but as the battle rages, uh, Doctor Strange's spell begins to fade. L'Oreal winds up taking up the hammer and is now the Cree Supreme Accuser. With the power-up, the Kotati are quickly defeated, and the rest of the issue takes place after the events of Empire, where Carol and Lori bond, and there's a poignant moment at Marielle's grave. My overall impression of the book is that I loved it, because I just love Captain Marvel. Kelly does a great job combining action and heartfelt moments. L'Oreal is a fantastic character, and I truly cannot wait to see more of her. Carol's inner monologue in particular about how surprised she is she's got attached uh, to L'Oreal so quickly. She's a sister. Why wouldn't she? (laughs) I know. Well, she's adorable. Sister or not, I'd be attached to her. (laughs) Yeah, right? Like, right out of the bat. But I don't know, because Carol can be a little... I just love it. Carol's surprised at herself. Yeah, you kind of got to look at the reaction that just, like, the general public have had to her. Right. Like, that's that's been pretty pretty fun. 
Like you go on Twitter and loads of people are like, hey, L'Oreal's the greatest character ever. It's like, <laughs> right. Well, she is. She's I just adorable. want her to have her own book. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Because I was engaged when she was on the page. I was right? flipping through like, where's where is she? Oh, where is she? Okay. <laughs> yeah. Especially when she's with the cat as well, which you know <laughs> we didn't get to see in this one, which was sad. It was sad. It was sad, and her face. <laughs> when she realized the cat wasn't there is my mom's face when I show up at her house without my dog. Because uh, I know who the favorite is. <laughs> yeah, but we've seen your dog, so it's kind of, you know. <laughs> I agree. I, 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 can't, I can't disagree with that. Um, I like, I like L'Oreal's uh, accuser look. Like, she actually looks like the accuser should look where Carol just got a recolor in her outfit. So she's, she's got the right body type. Yeah, yeah, she does. Um, as Jess, you know, so like to point out, um, I had a brief thought that maybe Rona was the other Cree involved in Laurie's creation. He looked pr- like a pretty random Cree in the flashback, unless he was super young. But even then, the ages, like how old was he when he married Crystal? Jeez, and it is kind of nice when when you get like. When when they're not related to each other, um, yes. I mean, you know, God, the other day when we were talking, Skywalker. <laughs> it's like it's like the other day when we were talking about Marvel and all of his kids, and it's like, yeah, we we don't need more of that in Marvel. <laughs> <laughs> Thank God he and Carol he's, never had a kid. He's had enough. He's had enough. It's like right. Gosh. Um. Then there was that like Care Bear stare moment to defeating the Kotati together. I thought that was pretty funny, and actually, I thought Captain Planet when I saw it. I'm like, may our powers combined. <laughs> I kind of I laughed, and then I I sat I, I literally kind of sat there trying to assign which would be what element. You know, the only thing I I kind of wish was done in that, and it's a really silly thing, is that there was somebody there with like a blue colored power, and then you basically have the rainbow, and it that would that would have been really nice. I don't know why it just would have been really nice to it would have to have all the colors of the rainbow. <laughs> It looks like Kit got demoted back to Lieutenant Trouble. Kel- Kelly Thompson went on Twitter and admitted that her being Captain Trouble was a typo and a mistake that they didn't catch in editing, and it was fixed now. We, we can we can forgive that, I think. I think so. <laughs> Lieutenant Trouble just flows better, in, in my opinion, anyway. Um, All of the teas. <laughs> and I, I like the moment between Kit and L'Oreal. I thought that was adorable. Um, Carol, Jess needs to make Jess a damn t-shirt because you know what happens when Jess throws a fit. Just, just give her the damn t-shirt. <laughs> my, my friends, the, uh, you know, went to space and all I got was this lousy t-shirt. Yeah. <laughs> that, that, I mean, Jess just needs that shirt and I, I'm just waiting for it to show up somewhere, either in Captain Marvel and the Spider-Woman comic, because one of the two is going to give Jess that t-shirt, even if Carol has to make it herself. I kind of feel like this set of uh, books that we're reviewing today had two prime opportunities for t-shirts as well. Yeah, like There's this one and then there's another one, which we'll yes. get to in a bit. <laughs> I agree. Um, I was kind of sad that L'Oreal gave the hammer back to Carol until Empire was all wrapped up. That kind of made me sad, but it made sense. And then, uh, although we did see that one panel in Empire later where Lori is full accused throughout and she got all protective of Carol and that was really cute. We uh, never did see what happened to Wastrel, and I'm assuming he uh, got what was coming to him. Lori delivered him where he should go. I don't he'll, know, he, man. He'll be back. 
he'll be back. Like th- there is no doubt that there was a reason for his reintroduction. <laughs> yeah. And he was only in, he was basically in like a weird transporter prison thing at the end, wasn't he? He wasn't really, you know, right. But Laurie was behind bars deliver- yet. Yeah. And I'm just, like, the only thing I can in- 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 infer from that is that she delivered him. I would hope. I think you're right. But at the same time, I'm just like, well, hopefully Laurie didn't let him go or something. I think he's still going to have his robots around. So, Oh, yeah, you know. probably. The scene at Marielle's grave, I, I got a little weepy. Carol and Laurie are not going to be a pair I'd want to cross in the future because <laughs> the two of them are already very close and very, very much alike. So um, I really, really want to see more of them together in the future because you can't not love L'Oreal. I think, um, I think what I really liked about this whole arc is the fact that Kelly does a really good job at the whole alien on earth thing like it's it's a massive cliche but she just manages to do it in such a nice kind of fresh way it's it's a bit less the whole tired cliche um which some writers do get in the habit of um it's much more endearing i think which is kind of why i think she's had such a big hit like you know we we all we all really like l'oreal and uh she's much more endearing than your your normal you know emotionless alien that comes to earth and kind of wonders what a toothbrush is and that kind of thing so it's, yeah, it's been no, really well we get, done we get L'Oreal watching the bachelor and numbering all the ashleys <laughs> it, it's just it's just the l'oreal and chewy moments that's they're, they're the they're the greatest bits i think l'oreal we need a l'oreal and chewy team up book <laughs> chewy beast I love the art. I think uh, Corey Smith did a really great job with the inks and then with Tamara's consistent colors to, to make it, you know, so you know it's a Captain Marvel book like we discussed earlier. Um, I just loved it. Yeah, that's, I mean, I was, uh, that's basically one of my comments from this as well. Um, similar to what you said about Miss Marvel, you know, this entire run has had a very distinctive look and uh, I really appreciate that because it's kind of as Lynn said about Miss Marvel, you open or uh, Moon Girl, sorry, you open up the book and it's you know exactly what you're what you're reading because it is so distinctive. And I, I think the effort that the artist and the colorist go to to be able to generate that palette is just you know is is really good, and I I really appreciate that. It's uh, very aesthetically pleasing. But the only the only thing I would the the only thing I would comment on is that L'Oreal did seem to miss leg day again. She's got to work on those shoulders so she can keep getting compliments from Jess. Jess is all about the arms. She's got to work on the ankles. I mean, the ankle support in that, like, you know, heavy. It's, it is a little bit. What I really loved about this whole arc is that, you know, Margaret Stoll had made, you know, retconned Carol's heritage and Kelly has taken the opportunity to expand on that part of Carol's heritage by giving her Cree family, which I'm sure other authors could have done, but I just love the way that Kelly did it and that, you know, um, unlike other characters who are discovering family members that happen to be jerks, I like that Kelly has made L'Oreal profoundly a very good person and she's just... Yeah, awesome. I mean that that often tends to be a bit of a tired cliche, you know. Oh, I've had this long lost brother, and he turns out to be the entire villain, or long lost sister, or yeah. long lost second cousin, half removed. You know that sort of thing. It's 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 nice to have it a bit different. You you can't not love love Lori. You just can't not love her. Like how can like everyone <laughs> loved her? She a, absolutely a standout of this arc. I think absolutely a standout. Yes, and I and now she's the Cree Supreme Accuser, so she's in Al Ewing's playground, and I'm kind of intrigued to see what Al does with her. If hopefully something, because 
again, it's one of those situations where she wouldn't have been introduced without some yeah. kind of extra thought for her. So right. I, I mean, Teddy needs an accuser. Yeah. yeah, that too. <laughs> and this yeah. is one the hammer approves of, because apparently the Cree hammer has to be worthy of. So it has opinions. It has opinions, that is for sure. So uh, I would say that uh, Kelly Thompson, when it comes to Carol, um, has delivered like she always does. Um, event tie-ins are not easy, but this can be read as its own arc without having to read Empire, I feel. And we got a fantastic new character out of it. I would give it 4.5 out of 5 Lockjaws. Yeah, that's a good score. And just to mm-hmm. echo what you said there about not having to read it, having... You know, if you hadn't read Empire, it, it really does flow. And I think uh, me and Lynn said it last week, which was a lot of these tie-in events, they kind of really stand well on their own, maybe bar the um, Avengers issue zero and the Fantastic Four issue zero. You generally get the entire story just from either the main title or you don't really have to touch it from the tie-ins from the uh, like Captain Marvel X-Men books. So what's next on our list? Uh, we've got Empire Aftermath. Empire Aftermath, Fantastic Four. The writer is Dan Slott. Artist, Sean Isaacs. Color by Marcio Menez. Lettering by Joe Caramagna. The cover is by R.B. Silva and David Curiel. Graphic designer is Carlos Lau. Assistant editor, Martin Biro. Associate editor, Alana Smith. And editor, Tom Brevoort. In this epilogue to Empire, everyone heads to the blue area of the moon to tie up loose ends. Koi and the Katati are exiled to a remote planet. The kids are finally adopted by Ben and Alicia. Yay! <laughs> and more mysteries are revealed with the mysterious origin of the Katati's weapons and the return of Uatu. I love this issue. I love this whole event. I'm sad to see it go. I'm ready for my next event. Honestly. <laughs> If this is what events are going to be, I'm ready. Yeah, right? I, I kind of, I kind of feel like, um, you know, we, we, we kind of need to go back to like, you know, 2013 Marvel when it was like a, a Hickman event every year. We need a, we need a, a Ewing event every year. Yes, and I feel like we need to go back and reread Ewing's stuff, like the Ultimate and everything else, because I have a feeling that things from there he might be bringing in going forward because that's what Al Ewing does. This was an excellent epilogue. It wrapped stuff up and gave hints for future storylines. Surprisingly, the villains lived to vex our heroes another day, unlike our MCU films. So Koi is out there somewhere, just unable to get back home. I thought it was a really cool thing to do because it kind of like, um, they, they basically took him all the way across the other side of the universe where they couldn't like plot their position for the stars and that kind of stuff. I, I, f- yep. I felt like that was really quite clever. You, you don't tend to see that kind of thing. Right. And yeah. they left them with no technology. They made it inhabitable for the Katadi to live there and thrive, but they gave them no technology to be able to leave either. So unless they develop it themselves, they're stuck, yeah. which I think, honestly, yeah. if the Katadi, I think for that outcome is actually a pretty good outcome to how it could have gone. So Oh, definitely. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> and I am mad about the Thor tie-in getting cancelled now because we missed out on his entire side quest to get Gaia powers. Right? He just sort of randomly shows up and he's like, poof, plants. <laughs> right? Although, although I feel like you guys know my feelings on uh, 
crossing over Viking and uh, Norse myth and legend and uh, Greek myth and legend, but <laughs> won't go too into that today. <laughs> it's Marvel. It's all a big mess. <laughs> it, it is. We got it's, everybody. Um... It's all connected. <laughs> uh, hashtag. Hashtag is all connected. But I did love Koi getting his Scooby-Doo villain moment. <laughs> it was literally, I would have got away with it too if it weren't for you meddling kids. Right? Brilliant. Oh. oh. This is why I love Dan Slot, And I, I love the fact that Dan Slot is like, you know, right at the top of his game. <laughs> and speaking of the kids, I am now that they're warming up to their new family, their personalities are really starting to come out. Yeah. You can yes. see that Nicola's, you know, kind of the softer one. And Jovan is a little tough guy. Yes. <laughs> but they are but they are like just kids. Mm-hmm. And that's the that's the best thing about it is they can now be kids. 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 Because I, I guess the blue area of the moon is better than the land of Disney. Yes. <laughs> they were so well, they excited. Go, they it was had adorable. to go there first though. They had to yeah. go there first though, right? Like, you know. <laughs> uh, uh, I did love um Johnny. No well. Uh, it was Peter. Peter showing Johnny the pictures from Disney. Yes. <laughs> and um, and cup Peter, ride. Peter still being bent out of shape about uh about the whole soulmate thing. Yeah. <laughs> Why didn't you tell me? I mean, come on. Uh, <laughs> he also wasn't invited to Ben Grimm's wedding, which I would be pissed about too. Hurtful. So, you know, it's so hurtful. If I was Peter right now, I would be crushed. He has every right to be upset, to not be told these things. Yeah. But yeah, you can see that Johnny, though, isn't still quite on board with his whole soul- soulmate scenario. Yeah. It's going to be interesting and, and... to see where that goes when, you know, the eHarmony planet sets you up with somebody. <laughs> I, I love the fact that they basically said, oh, yeah, out of like, you know, hundreds of billions of yeah. people and people in the universe, how is how is she the one? <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> it's like it's like when somebody says, "Oh, yeah, you're one in a million. Well, that's like you know that means there's like at least seven thousand of me. Um, <laughs> oh, and the Inhumans got a couple shout outs again. Yes, where are they? They would have rocked in this tie-in, and I'm sad they weren't in it. So I'm um, I'm looking forward to their return because they keep getting name dropped, and they're not a big fan of Kree or Scrolls, so this is going to be interesting. And it is it is quite weird that at C two E two, Al Ewing was the one that said they need to be. Um, they needed a know, break. They need a break for a little while, and he's the one that specifically says that. And yet, he's the one in charge of Cosmic Marvel. So I kind of, I kind of think he may have a plan for them. Oh, uh, you. His, no, the way he does. words it, you are led to believe he has a plan. Exactly. Yeah. Because he, when Sibolsky tried. Asking the questions, he kind of got shushed by by Al, <laughs> and that was that was good fun to watch because it's no, like no 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 stop. Well, it's funny because Adam didn't he say the same thing to us when we went to his table? He he did, yeah. But it was just it was I, I feel like the way he said it and the way the Empire kept name dropping them and the fact that Beldan and Raxor were you know a part wedding, of this. the worst wedding crashers ever. Yes. <laughs> yeah, and the fact that you know all of these like little bits of not only scroll and Cree history, but also in human history, kept getting brought up. It's it's like it just feels a bit too On coincidental. Yeah. 
you know. And speaking of the space BFFs, Beldanorax are getting ending with their ashes being buried together on the blue area of the moon. I love that. Aww. That was sweet. I love that. I, I, I felt like um, the fact that uh, Nicola and Joe Venn kind of echoed that. Yes. And they kind of said, hey, they were they were good friends and that kind of stuff. And it's like, that's it's so good. It's so wholesome. I like Aww. it. And our very wholesome king of space. Oh, Teddy. Was so sweet giving the kids the credit they deserve because they would have got their butts kicked without the the love ray sent out. <laughs> love conquers all again. But I, I do feel that Teddy's going to have a hard time because he's just too good and kind for space. They're, they are rotten in space. They are, but I feel like we're going to disagree on this. I think I feel like he is the emperor that everybody deserves. He is, which you know? means he have a very hard time because you know this yeah. is sort of going towards Game of Thrones in space here. This is going to be Teddy and... wanting to do the right thing and getting fucked over for doing the right thing. Yeah, if you remember what happened to poor, if you've seen Game of Thrones, you know what happened to poor Ned Stark almost immediately. Yeah. I have not watched Game of Thrones. Um, but, oh, I have uh, watched it, but I've he's, run it. He's the, uh, the most noble and honorable of the characters, and he is beheaded almost immediately. Yeah. <laughs> Wonderful. You, you, can, you I... can kind of like build him up as like the main character, and then it's like, nope. Dead. I, Dead. But I, I'm, I, I, I am all for a, a nice, good leader rather than a hard-ass warmonger. But we all know, like you said, everybody in space is a hard-ass warmonger. And, well, we'll, we'll wait for that discussion until we talk about Aftermath. Avengers, yeah. Yeah. But, oh, Reed. Oh, yeah, I know. Reed, Reed's <laughs> going to read. I mean, of all the people to call to look at these weapons, he's going to call, call the profiteer. Yeah, the, the child slaver. That's right. Is there nobody else in the universe we could have called? Nobody. I, I could... yeah, I, I, I found this, I found this totally strange and weird, and the decision, like, just on the. It was, it was, it was done just so Teddy could get on the profiteer's bad side. Yeah. I, well, yeah, I yeah. mean, you can, you can tell the profiteer is going to be some, you know, something going forward, but. Yeah. I, I was like, where's it? What, what's the collector up to these days? <laughs> I would have called him. He knows everything. Right. Yeah. He probably has a copy of it somewhere. Well, and, and the collector is literally the profiteer's like brother. So uh, yeah. I mean, surely they learn a little bit off of each other. But it was just the reaction of the kids as well. I I mm -hmm. didn't like that, and I just kind of was like, "Did you have to do this, Dan Slot? Did you really have to do this?" Uh, but I did love the Lilo and Stitch type resolution at the end. Have Have you guys seen Lilo and Stitch? It's been a very long time, but they all ended up a happy family. I think <laughs> so. I, I, I did not watch it. Um, so you may have to fill me in. Okay, so it's it is the best Disney movie it ever. It is so good. It is so good. It is so good and so funny. But at the end, when the aliens come to claim Stitch, aka Experiment Six Two Six, they really don't want to. But he's a wanted criminal, and so they have to take him. And to stop the aliens from taking him, Lilo presents her adoption papers from the pound. <laughs> and yeah. the aliens are like, well, it's got a stamp. It looks official. We're going to have to leave him here. You know, it's like, <laughs> solved by paperwork. 
and you know there, there's like a man in black character he's like aliens love rules it's it's just the fact that it was like hey so you you were uh, you know you took these kids from the scroll and the kree empires individually well there is no individual no. scroll and uh, scree, uh, kree and yeah. scroll empire anymore therefore this contract is null and void <laughs> right and he's not wrong he's not <laughs> Well, I, I mean, I mean, we could we could ask a lawyer, but I mean, I'm sure there would be some kind of <laughs> some kind of thing well, in the contract. But then again, it's, it's well, been going on maybe, for millennia, so for millennia. So who would ever thought that was going right. to happen? Right? <laughs> Not me. Not me either. My 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 only complaint about this book, and um, you know, it, it's it's very much a me thing, is Dan Slot was going a little bit too much in the too many words for me to handle direction. <laughs> oh, see, I like love the first, words. the first few pages was just like it was just stacked full of speech bubbles, and I was like, I got to keep up with this now. It's an epilogue. He's got to wrap <laughs> stuff up. You can't do the oh, reaction absolutely. scenes. No, you can't. Uh, but I, it, it was it was definitely an enjoyable book, and I think after the first couple of pages, it was fine. Um, <laughs> and it, it's a comic book; it's it's mostly pictures anyway. Oh, and you know the art in this. Sean Isaacs is very good at drawing kids of different ages. You can tell the difference between a kid, a teenager, and an adult. They're all distinguishable, and the kids have kid body language. A lot of artists aren't good at that. <laughs> it's 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 it goes back to Nicola and Joven again, like um you know in the bits where like uh Joven was jumping out of the amber last week he jumped like a toddler would, and it was just like <laughs> that's adorable. I bet you he probably has kids that he can be like, this is what kids would react like. Yeah. <laughs> oh, he's he's genuinely so good, and I I really hope that he stays on this book for as long as possible. Agreed. So, setting up the future storylines. Uatu is back. He's angry. Yeah. And missing an eyeball. I'm sure he's not too pleased to see the unseen. <laughs> I think for context, uh, we last saw Uatu in Original Sin from, what, 2014? Probably. That sounds about right. Yeah, which is where he was killed off, which set up Unworthy Thor. And it meant that Nick Fury Sr. became the Unseen. After um, killing Uatu. Yeah. <laughs> okay, let, let's point that out. He killed him. <laughs> and it became the new sort of Watcher. Right. So now that, that Uatu is back, is Fury still the Unseen or is he Fury again? We don't know. No, no. I guess that's, 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 that's one the of the future, future storylines. <laughs> yeah. And again, who gave the Katari the weapons? You know, they, they mentioned that it's so old and it's from the first race. And I believe the Builders are the oldest known race in Marvel. And we really haven't seen them since they were defeated and went away. Which was what, Infinity? Uh, yeah. From 20... Which was a Hickman again. story. Yeah. Yes. And, um, and, and we know that... Al is a part of those those Hickman meetings, mm -hmm. the X Men meetings, and that kind of stuff. So, are we potentially setting up another cosmic event for next year, where we kind of see this, you know, original the first race and that kind of stuff? Or, or is there something older? Well, exactly, yeah. Well, don't we have the progenitors too? Aren't they? The builders are older than Celestials. Okay, but what about the progenitors from? Royals? I think they're around the age of the Celestials. Okay. So I found it a little bit odd that 
Uatu kind of made his reappearance as Fury the Unseen was kind of looking at the weapons. Only weird in the sense that it just seemed to be, uh, whether it was a trigger, I don't know. I'm all about conspiracy theories at the moment. And uh, (laughs) this is one of them. But it would be really good if it was the builders. I mean, it would, it would, in my head, it kind of, it would tie everything together in such a cool way, especially if various other parts of the MU got involved. And, you know, it is kind of suspicious seeing as how the builders have gardeners. That's true. And they were messing with the plant people. And they had a garden on Mars, which, mm-hmm. uh, you know, we, we we don't know where what happened to that. I, we assume it's still there because I believe it was referenced in House of X, Powers of Ten. Uh, th- this was the cure for my Marvel event fatigue. Yes. If all definitely. events were like this, I wouldn't complain. So please, more Ewing Cosmic Marvel. God, yeah. And have you read, did you guys, um, since I was here last week, did you discuss the Guardians of the Galaxy? Yes. Briefly, so, yeah, yeah. Just Yes, which doesn't come out until the end of October. Ugh. Between this event and Guardians, just Al Ewing is on fire. I'm so glad he's in charge of Cosmic Marvel now. Yeah, there's, there's so much great talent at Marvel at the moment, and it feels like everybody is on the right book. Al Ewing leading this event was the absolutely the right choice and dan slot helping out with the writing on fan you know on empire and doing the writing on fantastic four brilliant perfect it was absolutely great for him you know trying to think of good good examples like donny cates on thor is is a really good fit i mean that's for cosmic marvel that's a that's a good lineup even there and for this one i'd give it a five out of five lock jaws i agree definitely worth every point worth every lock jaw and the final book on our episode is uh, Empire Aftermath Avengers. Writer is Al Ewing. Artist is Valerio Shiti. Color is Marte Gracia. Lettering is Ariana Mayer. Cover is Jim Chung and Marcelo Maiolo. Graphic designer is Carlos Lau. Assistant editor is Martin Biro. Associate editor is Alana Smith. And editor is Tom Brevoort. The War with the Katati is over. But what about the aftermath? For, so... There is a lot of it. We get a brief recap of Akil and Anel, Teddy's grandmother and mother, and an explanation on how Akil became Tanalath the Pursuer. Watch out for the Inhumans reference in there from War of Kings. Uh, we also get a brief view into Teddy and Billy's uh, wedding, getting married in space. A uh, really cool splash page, which is a good Where's Wally or Waldo, if you're from America, of the Marvel I did not universe. know that. You didn't know that? that? It's Where's Wally in the UK? Yeah. No, yeah, no, it's because... Know. What Waldo isn't a particularly popular name in the UK. It's not in the US either. That's very strange. <laughs> but uh, yeah, it's, it's a good Where's Wally of the Marvel Universe. Particular shout out to the Cree who is DJing and uh, the potential Cree Al Ewing that is there looking a little worse for wear. So um, uh, kind of cut away. Tony Cappenthor make a toast in Marvel's honour, uh, which is a nice moment of retrospect. The book needs to kind of wrap up from Empire and kind of needs to set up the next months, years, decades of Cosmic Marvel. So ultimately, Arkeel has to make some kind of prophecy on how Teddy should have listened and how that's going to be a big impact and a big thing going forward. We, we do love our space prophecies. We yes, do. we do. Teddy then punishes Clert and Captain Glory. Again, an ominous prophecy of what's to come uh, with Captain Glory suggesting he'll be the one of the last ones left. Cut to a scene of the future with Abigail Brand proclaiming that she was right about Alpha Flight and that there's, that she's built something better. This was a really good issue. 
I, I kind of liked how it tied up all the loose ends. And uh, Teddy is a great emperor, and I will die on this hill. No, he's too good and kind for space. <laughs> They're going to chew him up and spit him out. Uh, I, I, I mean, I won't disagree. As we can absolutely see <laughs> at the end of this issue. <laughs> this is true. But he is, he is the emperor that we need. He's the emperor we deserve. <laughs> and look what they do to him. Yeah, I, I think it's kind of, you know, additionally, like we said in last week's review, Empire has been such a huge breath of fresh air um, and kind of similar to what uh, Lynn said earlier in the episode, kind of been able to see this really big shift in the Marvel Universe and a big shift of, I guess, the power almost, because instead of it being a Kree scroll mm-hmm. war and none of them being able to almost progress, I suppose, yeah. past their past their war, they kind of potentially will progress further now and become a much bigger threat to the universe and yeah this book really serves as a nice way to just show what's to come and really tease that kind of hey look what's going to happen in a month's time 10 months time two years time that kind of thing oh ewing doesn't rush so you know this is going to be spread out over a while oh absolutely i i think the uh i think it's going to be similar to like um you know the the bits in civil war 2 where it showed miles kind of almost trying to take out Captain America, which wasn't referenced again until, uh, was it Secret Empire, uh, yeah. over a year later. I think it's going to be similar to that. Yeah, just give us enough time to forget about it and go, oh, crap. Yeah, yeah. And I think similar to the Fantastic Four book, this was just a really excellent epilogue to the series. And again, similar to uh, <laughs> similar to Fantastic Four, it's a really cool, it's, it's really cool that none of the bad guys were just killed off um, just with their kind of predictions of the future and the odd future scene. Um, I'm really looking forward to it. Al is just a brilliant writer. I'm glad he's finally getting the recognition he deserves at Marvel because he had so many great books prior to this and they all yep. just got cancelled after like 12 issues and I'm just like, give this guy something because he really has got big plans obviously so you guys just need to let him roll with them and they're finally <laughs> letting him roll with it and it's it's getting good i mean it's like you say like royals ultimates um immortal hulk i mean i think immortal oh. hulk has probably been his absolute breakout at marvel it's just absolutely it's that such was fantastic where everyone was like you know this is really i remember being in the shop after like issue five came out and people are like had that immortal hulk book i've been hearing really good things about it and it wasn't even like marvel was pushing it at the time it was no. it was like all word of mouth that yeah that got I, it I, rolling like marvel didn't even push it and i everyone and i i, I honestly thought immortal i'm not reading it because horror is not my jam but i know it's excellent it's how Ewing, but like it's just it, it it got big because of word of mouth and when you ha- that just says something about to me like and then marvel went oh shit and now marvel's standing behind the book yeah and also the fact that it is a horror book like that in itself is pretty is pretty insane because i mean horror books don't tend to do particularly well but i think the fact that it's you know combined with it being a hulk book and hulk traditionally has been a bit of a uh kind of a less uh, a less utilized character i want to say in terms of their own solo uh, at least right. in the last decade or so and he's just done really fantastic knew things what to do with hulk and now this is where he went with it and now you've got hulk firmly planted in horror and i'm waiting i can't wait for that she hulk follow-up yeah and I, I think that kind of leads me on to saying that i've always admired al in terms of like him being able to give characters their own unique voice 
And sometimes you have writers who, when they're writing such a big cast, they don't get each of the characters um, to sound unique. And yeah, mm-hmm. he, he does he, he he does this so well, and he doesn't seem to have an issue with even such a large cast. I agree, one hundred percent. I mean, story wise, he gave Clert uh, and Arkill their just desserts. I, I like that Clert's punishment is a job he's going to suck at. Yeah, yeah, diplomacy. No, <laughs> anything yeah. but diplomacy. Yes. I, I did like that, and I like the fact that Clerk, who is has been such a big part of Cosmic Marvel as well, like you know he goes all the way back, and uh, and now you'll be like, yeah, yeah, diplomatic mission now. <laughs> Great. And Captain Glory's like, yeah, just lock me up. I don't care. <laughs> yeah, Captain I will gladly sit in jail. <laughs> Captain Glory didn't give a shit. He was like, just sit in jail till you need me because you're gonna pull me out eventually. Well, it's, exactly. Yeah. It's like Captain Glory, like that. The 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 prediction that he's made is probably the one that i'm more interested in because he's kind of like you know i'm a Cree, i don't sit around doing diplomacy um but you are going to need no, me and then cut to weird. the yeah and then you cut to the you cut to the scene at the end and it's like he's he's literally the last person standing by the looks of it other than than teddy um <laughs> but yeah it's it's a uh, th- this book is a real kind of forward look as to what's to come and it's done in such a way that it's not just set up. And usually I'm a bit tentative when picking up like aftermath issues and, you know, alpha and omega issues, because they don't tend to add much, but this one did a hell of a lot. <laughs> um, and one thing I really want to talk about is who are the people selected for Abigail's team at the end? Other than Manifold? So yeah, you have Manifold yeah. right in the right in the panel, but you also have Abigail. But I'm kind of I really want to know who's in the back. Um, it's definitely it kind of a looks, woman. Yeah, I mean that almost reminds me of like, um, you know, it, it almost reminds me of Spider Woman in her old costume. It might be. I wouldn't be surprised um, if she reached out to Jess because Jess was on Sword before. Yeah, and I'm wondering if actually we should be looking at former members of Sword um i i don't know because that is an awfully x-men sword logo to me i think it it might be all x-men i i and i i wouldn't be i would love it if if this was on it though i would i would be awesome as hell but i don't i i feel like because manifold has never actually been on an x-men team he's always been on avengers or secret warriors i'm kind of thinking it's uh i i would kind of like to see it yeah, I kind of see like to see a mixed bag, but also, let's be honest, we want a new Secret Warriors team, right? Right. I would love <laughs> it. If that was Jess, I would be through the moon. That would be freaking awesome. I was actually thinking if it was an all X-Men team, it might be um, Laura. But Well, she yeah. is currently stuck in the vault, so who knows? <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, so Laura is basically out of the way at the moment. Who knows what when oh. she's going to reappear? That's a bummer. Oh. <sighs> And, and poor old Darwin. In <laughs> yes, the vault. yeah. In the vault. But, somewhere yeah, they, they've where... left the people in the background on this panel vague enough that you have no idea who they are. Yeah. Well, what if, I, what if it them... could be anybody. There's a lot of two sword guys. There is, but I mean, there's a finite number, so we could go through all of them. <laughs> so, but I mean, obviously, your first instinct is, oh, surely that's Ronin, but. I don't know. I kind of. I, I. I'm just gonna wait and see. Might be some people from Alpha Flight. They might carry. She might carry a couple people from Alpha Flight over, even if it doesn't work. So 
Well, yeah, that's the thing because they didn't work because they were left out of the loop. Right. It's not Alpha Flight's fault. Right. Because honestly, those are my favorite Captain Marvel comics where Alpha Flight was involved. I kind of felt like Abigail had a point. Oh, no, she did. Well, didn't Carol try and go call Alpha Flight about it and Tony told her no? Uh, Yes, I think so. Because that's why Tony was all like, oh, the fault lies with me. Right. So it, it's a, but it's a combination of all of them. I think. I think it was a, you know, the Katari made a colony on the moon. Oh, they're good guys. Yay! But yeah, it's okay. They don't need to know. What, what you don't know won't hurt you. <laughs> uh oh, it did in this case. <laughs> yeah, I mean th- that team. I'm going to speculate on for for days to come. Um, but the I... thing is, too, is that Carol was on hiatus from Alpha Flight as well. So like. I I think it was I think that's just a bit of uh, kind of hey we were here we we needed to know but you didn't tell us I, I, yeah. and Abigail and Carol obviously have a bit more of a history than potentially Abigail and Iron Man I want to say um, oh yeah absolutely because you know Abby worked for for Carol because Carol was in charge yeah that's I mean we can speculate for days on this one I think yeah there's there's we'll find out sooner rather than later hopefully well, come on. Are we not going to talk about the wedding? That was an awesome wedding. The Royal Spates we, wedding. <laughs> with we probably should. <laughs> three officiants. Come on. Right. And then also, also like it was looking at who's who was on there. Did you see? Um, I had to laugh because America was totally putting the moves on L'Oreal. And I thought that was funny. <laughs> so somebody I spotted that I couldn't understand why they were there was Deaf Bird. I'm sure it's Deaf Bird. It, it kind of looks like Deathbird, but it's there's not the right coloring. It's like it's a gray. Uh, is it Warbird? I don't know. I mean, she definitely looks like a Shiar. Yeah, but when you, you when think you actually they look would at... send one rep for a royal <laughs> wedding, but Deathbirds really? I mean, <laughs> really not the right choice. No, and because uh, obviously we know with the, the Shiar Empire that Zandra is now Empress, which uh, she was introduced in Rogan Gambit. So, you know, even if Zandra was sending Deathbird as a, you know, an envoy to this wedding, uh, would be incredibly surprising to me. Well, see, but I'm just glad to see Wanda got to go to her son's wedding. <laughs> yeah. Or the second, yeah, right. second one, the, at least. The, the second one, yeah. Thank God. Poor Wanda. I'm not a fan of Wanda, but she deserves better. I, I, I tell you what I really loved was like the the, the officiator of the wedding. The the guy that was like, I've never done uh, same sex, uh, uh, outer space same sex Jewish wedding. Yeah, <laughs> that was the best thing. I was just like, that that was honestly. He was very excited so about it. He thought it was exactly. Cool yeah, that was great. And then you had like the 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 Cree and the scroll in the background also doing their like officiation as well. It's yeah, like right. uh, it's so good. I I did love this issue. And, and Billy is now the court. Wizard. Yes. <laughs> like Merlin, obviously. Like Merlin. He just reminded me of, of Ben Wyatt from Parks and Rec when he got knighted. <sighs> right? Billy thinks it's like the coolest shit ever. Uh, as long as it's not court jester, that's the main thing. Court but wizard then what happened to the other one that was like the court magician person who kind of helped them? I wonder what happened to her. She's there at the wedding. Okay. Yeah, yeah, she's there. Yeah. But, she never actually think, betrayed uh, them. She was actually the most helpful. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, I maybe she's just been given a leave of absence, but 
I think that's what Wiccan deserves as well. To be honest with you, let let him have a let him have some kind of honeymoon honeymoon or something. That's yeah. when everything will go to shit. Obviously, so <laughs> yeah, such a great issue. I think in terms of like art and stuff, Valerio does it again and just knocks it out of the park. Um, really great use of color. And when depicting the future and the past, there's kind of like that, you know, sepia tinted scene with uh, Arkill and uh, Anel, which is really good. Uh, it really differentiated the two. And uh, yeah, just amazing job. Just look at all of the characters. Look at the amount <laughs> of characters they did. Um, he must have had an absolute blast on this one. Yes, absolutely. Looking forward, uh, I think I know that I said that this didn't feel like a setup book, but it's definitely a lot of setup for what's to come. Um, you know, if it appears that there's going to be a, an Abigail brand led team, whether that's Alpha Flight, whether it's Secret Warriors or yeah. an X Men team or something, I'm really glad that she gets a little bit of love because I think the last few years she's been kind of, uh, you know, she's only been involved in, I think she was involved in the Captain Marvel run by uh, mm-hmm. Margaret Stoll. And that's it. Um, and that's yeah, that's pretty much it. But I'm I'm kind of hoping for a Secret Warriors esque team. Uh, Manifold is a really cool character to use because he was last used in Hickman's um, Hickman's Avengers run. I say last used. My most kind of prominent memory of him is in the Avengers by Hickman. Yeah, that's the last time I ever saw him. Or was was he was he on um, the Costas Avengers team? Potentially, I can't remember. I can't okay. remember. I can't either. But uh, yeah, if anybody wants to correct us, please do. <laughs> but yeah, this was a really great finale issue alongside the Fantastic Four um, Fallout. And kind of similar to what Lynn said about uh, the, the Fallout, uh, Fantastic Four Fallout book, it was a superb way to kind of get me back into comics after the COVID drought. And Cosmic Marvel has so needed this love. And I'm just so glad it's happened. And I can't wait for what's to come. How many lockjaws, Adam? So I gave this one five out of five lock jaws because it was amazing. All of my favorite references in this one. Excellent. What's coming next? Next month, the champions return on October 7th. It's a new series by Evel Ewing and Simone DiMeo from We Only Find Them When They're Dead. Is that going to be a super pretty book or what? Oh, my God. I can't wait. It's going to be I... beautiful. Sarah, have you read? Uh, have you read? Uh, we only find them when they're dead. Yes, um, and I had to cringe because of the, the <laughs> carving of the god and the meat, and that kind of freaked mm. me the fuck out. Because again, horror <laughs> and me, and yeah, but it was beautiful. But I'm not Such sure I'll be able. To, I'm not sure I'll be able to go forward with it because horror and me. Well, I'm. Bad. I'm kind of. I'm kind of hoping that that's the only bit of that that we're gonna see i kind of hope that they don't do that again but um, <laughs> it was such a pretty book though i mean i'm really no, hoping beautiful I, and where have i seen simone simone de mayo did another marvel book i swear they did and i cannot remember what it was uh, I, I don't remember either, but I'm just really excited for Champions. And it's like uh, Eve L. Ewing and Simone de Mayo, uh, instant buy, basically. It's it's already on my pull list. I'm really looking forward to it. Um, my wallet's not going to forgive me, but, you know, whatever. Oh, Simone <laughs> de Mayo has you done some Immortal Hulk. Immortal Hulk and some Venom. And Old Man uh... Logan Annual, number one, a cover, it looks like. Yeah, he's, a, he's an incredible artist. 
Um, yes. just uh, we, we said it last week the panels on We Only Find Them When They're Dead are incredible, but yeah, it's just if beautiful. you want if you want to listen to more of that, then then check back to episode 89 uh, where we talk about that one. And we got Ms. Marvel also coming back on October 7th. If you want the rest of the Outlawed tie ins, Miles Morales, Spider Man 17 and 18 are available now. And keep your eyes peeled for Guardians of the Galaxy number seven, which comes out on October 21st. Such now, that, uh, now that the scrolls and the Cree have an alliance, it's time for a nice, peaceful, diplomatic conference. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, how's that going to go? How's that going right? to go? It's not. Somebody's going to die. <laughs> and then it's all going to start up I believe again. that's already in like the um, previews. It's gonna, you know what's going to happen? We're probably going to have like a Shi'ar Scree Alliance war or something. That would be nuts. That would be just absolutely nuts if that was the case. I, I kind of feel like the Cree scroll Alliance is going to hold for, for obviously as long hold, as... Uh, yeah. Well, it's, it's obviously going to hold for as long as Al Ewing needs it to. <laughs> yes. But it's, uh, it's kind of, I feel like, yeah, the, the cracks are going to show like in particular issues and you're going to see like, you know, things in the background potentially of how it's going and all that kind of stuff. But oh, I'm excited. I'm excited. It's going to be really good. Just get some Inhumans up in there. But then are you going to be uh, continuing with uh, the Avengers game? I am. I am. And, you know, if you like Ms. Marvel, you need to go out and get this. It is obviously a very Ms. Marvel focused game. And it's, Which is it's... great. <laughs> giving a lot of people um, exposure to her character who might not read the comics. So hopefully this just expands her fan base because she's amazing. And it's a very good representation of who she is. Yes. All the interactions are spot on. And there's, there's a lot of stuff in this game uh, from what I've read, because obviously I don't own it yet, that basically take from the current bo- comic books directly. Um, oh yeah, there's a couple of covers like I've seen this Mar- Ms. Marvel's room, and there are a couple of Captain Marvel posters that were actual mm-hmm. covers for the books. Yeah, which is freaking awesome. I think there's a Chris yep. Anker in there, wasn't there? Mm-hmm. Uh, yep, and I think there was a David Lopez. I think. Yeah, probably. Oh, yeah. and Dante shows up right away. Oh, that- oh, oh that's well, pretty that's good. Awesome. But no, I, I think uh, I think I'm going to try and get that towards uh, maybe towards the end of the month or or next month. But uh, yeah, it's 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 really just the price tag. I mean, I'm not a massive gamer myself. I mean, I'll play like Pokemon, Animal Crossing, and you know, wow, small games all my time these days. So I'm not sure. I might wait to get it when for when Carol, because it, uh, it sounds like Carol's only a matter of time anyway. So. Um, I'll probably pick it up when Carol this becomes playable. Yeah, yeah. Or we can get the uh, was it the deluxe edition or the Obsidian edition, whatever it's called, where you get these really cool character costumes where they're all in grey and it's all grayscale. They look really good. Oh, like in Hickman's yeah. Avengers run. Yeah, but the problem is, is that's an extra fifteen pounds in the UK. I think um, Lynn said last week that's eighty dollars in the US. It's like Oof. it's it's a it's a bit nuts. <laughs> well, 
Okay, so remember, if you want to get in contact with us, uh, we are on Twitter, which you can find us. Our handle is at AtalanRising1. And uh, you can always email us at the show at AtalanRising.com. Uh, all comments, welcome. Um, suggestions, really make it recommendations, all that kind of good stuff is all, always welcome. Um, thank you for listening, and we'll see you next episode.